Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of vestibular schwannoma or acoustic neuroma found under the oncology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with the clinical snapshot. A 44-year-old man presents to his primary care physician for worsening hearing loss. His hearing loss is most severe in his right ear. He has noticed decreased facial sensation on the right side of the face. Physical exam is notable for a sensory neural hearing loss affecting the right ear and decreased sensation to pinprick along the right face. An MRI of the brain demonstrates an enlarged mass in the internal acoustic meatus extending to the cerebellopontine angle. Let's continue with an introduction to vestibular schwannoma or acoustic neuroma. As a general overview, remember that a vestibular schwannoma is a Schwann cell-derived tumor arising from the eighth cranial nerve and that it typically affects the vestibular portion of the nerve. It is also unilateral in up to 90% of cases. With regards to epidemiology, remember that the median age affected is about 50 years. Conditions associated with a vestibular schwannoma include neurofibromatosis type 2. Remember that this characteristically presents as a bilateral acoustic neuroma, and it is secondary to a mutation in the Merlin gene on chromosome 22. Moving on to the presentation, Symptoms in physical exam will typically demonstrate cochlear nerve involvement. This may be demonstrated with sensory neural hearing loss and tinnitus. There will also be vestibular nerve involvement, which will typically present as unsteady gait. Some patients may also have involvement of other cranial nerves. This may include facial and trigeminal nerve involvement. If the facial nerve is involved, then the patient may present with facial paresis and taste disturbances. If the trigeminal nerve is involved, then the patient may present with facial paresthesia and pain. In terms of further imaging, one may obtain an MRI of the brain with gadolinium. This is indicated as the imaging study of choice, and specific findings may include an enhancing lesion in the internal auditory canal that may extend into the cerebellopontine angle. And in terms of other studies that may be performed, audiometry is indicated as the best initial screening laboratory test. With regards to the differential, Make sure to think about neurofibromatosis type 2, with differentiating factors being that there will be an association with bilateral acoustic neuromas, cataracts, meningiomas, and ependymomas. Also think about meningioma, with a differentiating factor being that the tumor will involve the meninges only. And in terms of treatment, medical options include radiation therapy. This is indicated for small tumors or for patients who are not surgical candidates. Specific options include stereotactic radiosurgery and stereotactic radiotherapy. Surgical options include microsurgical tumor removal. This is indicated for large tumors or rapidly growing tumors. And lastly, complications related to vestibular schwannomas include hearing loss and brainstem compression. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to vestibular schwannoma, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 44-year-old man presents to the emergency department with dizziness. He states his symptoms started a few days ago and have been gradually worsening. The patient recently had a cold that he recovered from spontaneously. He states that laying down flat may cause dizziness to return and also he endorses a ringing in his ears. His temperature is 98.7 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.1 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 159 over 92. Pulse is 88 beats per minute. Respirations are 12 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. 
physical exam is notable for predominantly left-sided hearing loss and horizontal nystagmus. The patient's initial laboratory tests are unremarkable, and an MRI is performed and demonstrates a hyperintensity in the cerebellopontine angle. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are, choice one, benign positional vertigo. Choice two, glioblastoma multiforme. Choice three, labyrinthitis. Choice four, Meniere disease. Or choice five, schwannoma. The best answer to this question is, choice five, schwannoma. This patient is presenting with vertigo, hearing loss, and an MRI demonstrating a unilateral schwannoma. An acoustic neuroma, or schwannoma, is a tumor that affects cranial nerve 8 and can present with altered function of this nerve. Initial findings may include hearing loss, tinnitus, and vertigo. MRI can support the diagnosis and will demonstrate this hyperdense mass surrounding a cranial nerve 8. Acoustic neuromas can be seen in neurofibromatosis type 2. Thus, suspicion for this diagnosis should be maintained when this diagnosis is found. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Benign positional vertigo presents with vertigo that is positional and occurs secondary to dislodged otoliths. The diagnosis can be supported with the Dix-Halpike maneuver and treated with the Epley maneuver. Choice 2. Glioblastoma multiforme is an aggressive central nervous system malignancy and may present initially with headache, neurological deficits, and seizures. Hemorrhage and edema may be seen on MRI. Choice 3. Labyrinthitis typically occurs after a viral infection and presents with a sustained sensation of vertigo that is not positional. This condition self-resolves, however, medications such as meclizine can mitigate symptoms. Choice 4. Meniere disease presents with vertigo, tinnitus, and hearing loss in an undulating fashion from increased endolymph production. Finally, a bullet summary. Vestibular schwannomas can present with vertigo, hearing loss, and visible schwannomas on MRI of the head. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 16-year-old boy is brought to the pediatrician by his mother because she is concerned about the spots on his abdomen and back. The patient's mother reports that there are several quote-unquote light spots on the patient's trunk that have been slowly increasing in number. The lesions are not painful nor pruritic. The patient's mother is worried because her nephew had vitiligo. The patient reports that he feels fine, but reports occasional headaches and increasing difficulty with seeing the board at school. In addition to the patient's cousin having vitiligo, the patient's paternal grandfather and uncle have bilateral deafness, and his mother has systemic lupus erythematosus. On physical exam, there are multiple discrete 2-3 centimeter hypopigmented macules on the chest, abdomen, back, and posterior shoulders. Which of the following head and neck computed tomography findings is the patient most likely to develop? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Bilateral vestibular schwannomas Choice 2. Cerebral atrophy Choice 3. Optic nerve glioma Choice 4. Subependymal hematomas or choice 5, thyroid nodule. The best answer to this question is, choice 1, bilateral vestibular schwannomas. This patient is presenting with multiple asymptomatic hypopigmented lesions on the trunk and a family history significant for bilateral deafness, which suggests the diagnosis of neurofibromatosis type 2. 
Patients with NF2 characteristically develop bilateral vestibular schwannomas. NF2 is an autosomal dominant disorder. Patients present with hearing loss, deafness, and or balance dysfunction caused by bilateral vestibular schwannomas. These acoustic neuromas are benign, slow-growing tumors that are characteristic of NF2 and typically develop by age 30. There will often be a family history of deafness. Patients may also develop cataracts in one or both eyes and hypopigmented lesions. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Cerebral atrophy that is diffuse and symmetric may be seen in patients with human immunodeficiency virus or acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Patients with immunodeficiencies like HIV-AIDS are at higher risk for developing infections. Tinea versicolor is a fungal infection that presents with hypopigmented, scaly patches on the trunk, neck, and arms. These lesions often clear in the winter with cool and dry climates and recur in the summer in hot and humid climates. Choice 3. Optic nerve gliomas are associated with neurofibromatosis type 1. NF1 presents with cafe au lait spots, which are light brown or hyperpigmented, and with armpit or groin freckling. Other symptoms include developmental delay, cardiovascular complications, and abnormal bony development. Choice 4. Subependymal hamartomas are associated with tuberous sclerosis. Tuberous sclerosis is characterized by ash leaf spots, which are congenital hypopigmented macules, and multiple organ hamartomas. The family history of bilateral deafness is strongly suggestive of NF2. Choice 5. Thyroid nodules may be benign or cancerous. While vitiligo is associated with autoimmune disorders such as Hashimoto thyroiditis, thyroid tumors are not a common association. The loss of pigment characteristic of vitiligo most commonly occurs on the face, fingers, body folds, lips, and genitalia. Finally, a bullet summary. Neurofibromatosis type 2 is associated with bilateral acoustic neuromas, also known as vestibular schwannomas. That's all for this review about vestibular schwannoma, also known as acoustic neuroma. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.